Carry On by Rainbow Rowell Book One Simon I walk to the bus station by myself. There's always a fuss over my paperwork when I leave. All summer long, we're not allowed to walk to to Tesco's without a chaperone and permission from the Queen. Then, in the autumn, I just sign myself out to the children's home and go. He goes to a special school, one of the office ladies explains to the other when I leave. They're sitting in a plexiglass box and I slide my papers to to her through a slot in the wall. It's a school for dire offenders. She whispers. The other woman doesn't even look up. It's like this every September, even though I'm never in the same care home twice. The mage fetched me for school himself the first time, when I was 11. But the next year, he told me I could make it to Watford on my own. (laughs) You've slain a a dragon, Simon. Surely you can make a long walk on a few buses. I hadn't meant to slay, slay that dragon. It wouldn't have hurt me, I don't think. I still dream about it sometimes, the way the fire consumed it from inside out, like a cigarette burn eating a piece of paper. I get to the bus station, then eat a mint arrow while I wait for my first bus. There's another bus after, after that, then a train. Once I'm settled on the train, I try to sleep with my bag in my lap and my feet propped up on the seat across from me. But a man a few rows back won't stop watching me. I feel his eyes crawling up my neck. It could just be a pervert or police. Or it could be a bounty hunter who knows about one of the prices on my head. It's bounty hunter, I said to Penelope the first time we fought one. No. No, bounty hunter, she replied. Short for bone teeth. That's what they get to keep if they catch you. I change carriages and don't bother trying to sleep again. The closer I get to Watford, the more restless I feel. Every year, I think I'm about jumping from the train and spelling myself the rest of the way to the school, even if it puts me in a coma. I could catch to hurry up on the train, but that's a chancy spell at the best of times. In my first few spells of the school year, always especially dicey, I'm supposed to practice during the summer. Small, predictable spells when no one's looking, like turning on light lights or changing apples to oranges. Spell your buttons and lace closed, Miss Possible. Spell your buttons and lace closed, Miss Possible suggested. That sort of thing. I only ever wear one button, I told her, then blushed when she looked down at my jeans. Then use your magic for household chores, she said. Wash the dishes, polish the silver. I didn't bother telling Miss Possibeth, Possibeth that my summer meals are served on disposable plates and that I eat with plastic cutlery, forks and spoons, never knives. I also didn't bother to practice my magic this summer. It's boring and pointless. It's, it's not like it helps. Practicing doesn't make me a better magician. It just sets me off. Nobody knows why my magic is the way it is. Why it goes off like a bomb instead of flowing through me like a fucking stream or however it works for everyone else. I don't know, 
Penelope said when I asked her how magic feels for her. I suppose it feels like a well inside me, so deep that I can't see or even imagine the bottom. But instead of sending down buckets, I just think about drawing it up, and it's there for me, as much as I need, as long as I stay focused. Penelope always, always stays focused. Plus, she's powerful. Agatha isn't, not as, not as, anyway, and Agatha doesn't like to talk about her magic. But once at Christmas, I kept Agatha up until she was tired and stupid, and she told me that casting a spell felt like flexing a muscle and keeping it flexed. Like Crow Devant, she said. You know? I shook my head. She was lying on a wolfskin rug in front of the fire, all curled up like a pretty kitten. It's ballet, she said. It's like I just hold a position as long as I can. Baz told, that, told me that for him, it's like lighting a match or pulling a trigger. He hadn't meant to tell me that. It was when we were fighting the Chimera in the woods during our fifth year. It had us concerned, and Baz wasn't powerful enough to fight it alone. The mage isn't fight powerful enough to fight a Chimera alone. Do it, Snow! Baz shouted at me. Do it! King Unleash! Now! I can't! I tried to tell him. It doesn't work like that. It bloody well bloody well does i can't just turn it on i said try i can't damn it i was waving my sword around i was pretty good with a sword already at 15 but the chimera wasn't corporate corporeal which is my rough luck pretty much always as soon as you start carrying a sword all your enemies turn out mist and gossamer close your eyes and light a match Baz told me. We were both trying to hide behind a rock. Baz was casting spells one after another. He was practically singing them. What? That's what my mother used to say. He said, Light a match inside your heart, then blow it out, blow it on the tinder. It's always fire with Baz. I can't believe he hasn't incinerated me yet, or burned me at the stake. He used to like to threaten me at a, with a Viking's funeral back when we were third years. Do you know what the, what it is? What that is, Snow? A flaming. Do you know what that is, Snow? A flaming pyre set drift on the sea. We could do yours in Blackpool, so all your shabby normal friends can come. Sod off, I'd say, and try to ignore him. I've never had any normal friends, shabby or other otherwise. Everyone in the normal world steers clear of me if they can. Penelope says they sense my power and instinctively shy away, like dogs who won't make eye contact with their masters. Not that I'm anyone's master, that's not what I mean. Anyway, it works opposite with magi magicians. They love the smell of magic. I have to try to hard to make them hate me. Unless they're Baz. He's immune. Maybe he's built up a tolerance to my magic, having shared room with me every term for seven years. That night, we were fighting the Chimera. Baz kept yelling at me until I went off. We both woke up a few hours later in a blackened pit. The boulder we'd been hiding behind was dust, and the Chimera was vapour.
or maybe it was just gone. Baz was sure I'd singed off his eyebrows, but he looked fine to me, not a hair out of place. Typical.